0: Now, fight back with Libby Snymer on Zuber Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: It's an issue that's dominated dinnertime conversations across the greater Toronto and Hamilton areas. The skyrocketing cost of housing, whether it's real estate or rental units. At 4 this afternoon, Premier Kathleen Wynne and her housing minister Chris Ballard are set to meet with the mayors of GTHA municipalities at Queen's Park. She and Ballard want to get their feedback on what should be done to bring costs down. Premier Wynne and her various cabinet ministers have been offering reassurance of late that there will be a plan to address unfair rental increases and ever-increasing real estate costs. Among those mayors, as part of today's meeting, is Oakville's Rob Burton. Mayor Burton is on the line with us. Thanks for joining Fight Back.
2: Hello, how
1: are you? I'm well, thanks. It's It sounds like Premier Wynne is as close as she's been to introducing a package of measures to address housing affordability. Are you in a position to provide us with some more information about what you expect to happen at today's meeting?
3: I'm looking forward to her information.
1: So you have, at this point, you have not been briefed, or at least you can't share those details with us.
3: Uh, no, ma'am, I have not been briefed.
1: Well, now she wants your feedback, and as the mayor of Oakville, and she asks you that question, what are you going to tell her?
3: I'm going to tell her that in my town, there is uh, a very large problem of vacant homes on once uh, active and uh, very neighborly streets that are being held by apparently offshore money investors, and that in my view... The problem is excess money in our market that is uh, parking itself here uh, as a as a hedge against uh, global uh, and and domestic problems in other countries. And I would bet there's probably money laundering involved as well.
1: Interesting. So you are seeing a lot of homes sitting vacant. Uh, and and the, and the thought is, I mean, how do you put a number on that? How how like what percentage of homes that are being sold? Do you have anything like that to su- to su- uh, provide some substantive uh, information?
3: Well, one of our one of our problems as a society is we kind of uh, defiantly refuse to collect statistics unless we're forced to. Just mm-hmm. remember the, our uh, our recent go around about you know trimming back how much information statistics Canada can collect. So there's all kinds of economic data that uh, we don't track in, in Canada. So home sales, for example. There's no government in a position to be able to answer that question. I've asked my residents to send me addresses of, of the homes that, that have become vacant on their streets so that I can compile an inventory, and I'm being deluged with those. And so I, I'm up to you know dozens and dozens and the only other thing I've got is, uh, and you know, and that's because and they all, I only have a few dozen because I only just asked that about a week ago, and I think the word is slow getting out. So any Oakville residents who are listening, uh, I'm I'm uh, reachable at mayor at oakville ca, and I'm I'm interested in in getting hard data about places that are vacant.
1: Right, and you've it's, still got four hours to collect that data before you go into today's meeting. Well, I
3: think we I think we can keep collecting it because I I believe that we're going to discover that this this is probably going to take more than one round of fixing to to go at the experience in Vancouver and, and British Columbia uh, was that that too took a long time and and was a little bit of a uh, gee we got to do more kind of discovery that happened every step of the way I remember. Uh, uh, you know, about a year ago when, when uh, I and other mayors raised this, the uh, finance minister uh, wasn't that interested in, uh, I don't think he believed us. Um, and a couple of months ago, I met a, uh, a wonderful member of the government, Natalie Derossier, who represents a writing in Ottawa. And she asked me um, about this issue. She brought it up and asked me if I was still concerned about it. And I gave her fresh uh, proof that I was concerned about it. And, and she, uh, she promised to uh, take it up uh, inside the government. So if she had anything to do with this, this turnaround, I want to give her a shout out and thank her for her leadership on this.
1: Do you think, and we're speaking with Oakville's Mayor Rob Burton, that uh, the ultimate solution, I mean, it has had an impact in Vancouver, would be this foreign buyer's tax?
3: Well, I think one of our problems is it's very hard to track um, a foreign buyer buying a property. And, and, you know, on the money coming in, I think, is it's, it's going to turn out to be very hard to track. And I also believe that when they pull out, uh, should they ever pull out, it's probably also hard to track. So uh, I, I have a lot of sympathy for the uh, finance ministry people at both the provincial and the federal levels, because I think it's going to take a concerted cooperative level from both levels of government. Concerted cooperative effort from both levels of government uh, to uh, get a handle on this. We we have a very laissez-faire uh, system in Canada, especially around real estate. So, I'm, I I would caution people not to think that there's a quick and easy fix here. This is this is one of those things where we're actually all going to have to work together with as much creativity and imagination and, and hard work as, as possible.
1: Well, uh, you know, I'm hearing from people uh, that they don't feel reassured by what's very soon to be announced by the win liberals. And I think maybe part of that is it because, because it feels very secretive. And, and people are wondering, is it coming across as very secretive because there is no answer?
3: Um, well, I've, I've always marveled at people's ability... To doubt the success of something they haven't heard yet—that's okay. pretty. That's amusing on its face, but uh, uh, a government, uh, any government, including Oakville's government, when we work on, a, on a, a proposal, there's a moment before we announce it when no one knows about it. I, I, in Oakville, we're lucky. We have a population that that is very reasonable, and they go, "Well, I'll wait till you announce it before I decide whether I like it or not." And uh, so I would caution everybody, let's all look before we leap.
1: Well, on that note, I'll put out the phone numbers for our Zoomer radio listeners. 416 360 740 740 4740 Your ideas. Uh, Your thoughts about what should be done in the greater Toronto area and the Hamilton markets to bring down the cost of real estate, which year over year has gone up 33%. Uh, we are hearing horror stories about rental unit increases uh, on properties where we don't have rent control that are newer than 1991, where rents are going up 10 and 20 and 30 and maybe even 50%. Your thoughts, your suggestions, what you would like to see from various levels of government. 416-360-0740, zero740 740 Let's go to Sam in Brantford. Hi there. You're on Zoomer Radio.
0: Yes. How are you doing?
1: Fine, thanks. What's your comment or question? Well,
0: I have three or four different ideas, but one of them that comes to mind is the, the word mortgage means uh, engaged till death. So my suggestion is to get rid of the short-term mortgages, put them at minimum of 10 years, and that will stop anybody from purchasing a home, uh, spending five to $10,000 on it, and then flipping it. Because you're not gonna, if you get a six-month or a year, one-year mortgage, you're not going to be able to pay that off. So why have one-year mortgages available? To me, this sounds very, very, it doesn't sound cooperative to me. I think something should be done about it in that, in that sense.
1: So you're not saying reduce the amortization period. You're saying reduce or increase the, the mortgage period so that people have to be locked in for 10 years minimum? That's correct. Uh, okay. And
0: well, that, will, that will stop people from buying a house, uh, spending five to $10,000 on it, and then flipping it in six months or a year.
1: Okay, let's get uh, Mayor Rob Burton's comments on that. And Sam, thanks for calling in. Go ahead, Mayor.
3: I, I thank you, Sam, for your suggestion. And we'll add it to the pile.
1: <laughs> well, it's good to have lots of ideas. when uh, Not that it's an unprecedented situation, but, uh, Mayor, when we look back in history, for those of us who've owned homes over the course of the last three decades— uh, we saw a situation between 1988 and 89 when housing prices soared, but interest rates were relatively high. It was a different scenario when the bottom fell out in 1990. Here we have historically low interest rates for the better part of 10 years now, and you have very few homes in the market relative to the number of buyers. It's it's an unusual situation. Well,
3: uh, it may be and it may not be. I'm not sure. The, the escalation in real estate has been pretty interesting for a pretty long time. Uh, if, you, if you look at home sales and then chart them, uh, you're going to discover that, um, well, before this recent run-up in the last two years, uh, Oakville Real Estate would reliably appreciate – see, I've got good data going back 10 years before the recent – uh, two-year run-up in the, in the previous, so uh, two years back for that five years, Oakville Real Estate on average went up 7.5% a year. Mm-hmm. And the previous five years, it was 5% a year. And both of those uh, amounts of appreciation far exceed the sort of 1% interest environment that we're in. And so uh, I think that's why real estate became so attractive, you know, you, you, you couldn't find a safer investment right. that would pay you such a high multiple against what the bond market was offering you or what uh, certificates of deposit were offering you. So uh, what's what's interesting is um, there were a few voices crying out that, you know, this is unsustainable uh, during those 10 years. But in the last two years, we've seen the the line on the chart that you would you could make from that, just shoot up like an, like a rocket and uh, and so it's I think it's clear that there's now excess money in the market. there's like a, a, there's a tsunami of offshore money coming into the system. It has to be it can't be coming from
4: anywhere else.:
1: Okay, let's go to Tom in Burlington. Hi, Tom. you're on Zoomer Radio's fight back.
4: Hi. Um, This is a repeat if we've all listened in the past. This happened in the US, remember, where houses were double the price of what they originally were supposed to be. And people are paying it and people are getting their mortgages through mortgage brokers, because the bank is saying, no, you don't qualify, but they're finding the money. And as far as it goes with the cities getting involved, They don't care because what happens is the land transfer tax on a million dollars in the city of Toronto is Mm $34,000. And they don't care because they're making money. As long as everyone's making money, this issue will not get resolved. And when it does pop, there's going to be people out there that are going to be walking away from homes and going back to mommy and daddy. And that's a sad issue. And if the government wants to do anything about it, they, they got to limit the amount of mortgage you qualify for and the time that you keep the house. These houses, I'm a contractor, and I see houses getting flipped. And we refer to it as putting a little bit of lipstick on a pig. And they buy it for 700 and they sell it for $1.2, $1.3, and kids are buying it. And they're finding the mortgage. And I personally know somebody who bought a $2.4 million home, and they needed 1.6 out of their old house, and they have no kids. They've been married for three years. That's a jump of $800,000 in what they need to get, okay? Who's going to pay for this when everybody goes broke, when their car dies? How are they going to buy it? And when the mortgage rates go up 1%, who's going to pay for this?
1: Yeah, good questions and good comments, Tom. Thanks uh, for bringing your experience to the radio. Let's go on to Jim in Toronto. You're on Zoomer Radio.
5: Yeah, I, you know, I, I see there's a concern, but, you know, I'm not sure how many of the listeners, I, I guess in the Zoomer age, you, you probably remember. And, and that was part of the real estate uh, boom back in the 1986 to 89. Right. I, I work in class. Neighborhood in the East End, close to the beaches. An average semi-detached went for, was going for seventy thousand dollars in nineteen eighty six. Right. It went to eight, nineteen eighty nine. It was selling for two hundred and fifty. Interest rates were twelve percent. Then you had the crash in 1991. Real estate, and I heard one of the politicians say a couple of weeks ago, "Oh no, we rent controls didn't uh, taking rent controls didn't work a lot that time." No, they didn't work because investors got out of the real estate market. The the land values, property values dropped, so nobody was building apartments. Let the free market. Let the, if you can raise rents and not, and everybody jumps in trying to build apartments uh, to get uh, to to get into the market. You get a flood of rental units on the market. But once the government, the government has never proven that they can solve the problem in, in free markets. I mean, this stinks of socialism. Once you start getting the government, you know, telling you know who is buying a house if it's bacon or whatever, you know, people. If, if we live in a free market system. Real estate is is a biggest investor for private. Ordinary people, it's sometimes their life savings uh, when, they, when they do retire. And you start monkeying around with the market, Let let keep the politicians out. they never had solutions.
1: Well, what do we do, Jim, about the interest rate, though?
5: Well, the interest rate, you know, we're, we're at the mercy of what goes on in the world economy. If interest rates rise, I guess uh, I guess what will happen is, people, it's, it's one of the sad things about, uh, I guess, capitalism. Sometimes you get left holding the bag. Listen, I own a house in Scarborough. Uh, back in 19, 19- I bought it uh, fairly cheap, uh, and, and in 1989 it went from 250 to 145,000. Mm-hmm. I lived with it, I, and I and, and I and I rented out uh, part of the house. And and the thing is, uh, now it sounds cheap now to a lot of new buyers. Like your last call was saying, they're going from 800 to 1.2. Yeah, but you know, it was pretty expensive too back then. You you had to be making about 45,000 a year. And you, ha- and you had to, 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 to pay for that 11.5% mortgage, um, and when you do the math, a 12% mortgage on a $250,000 house, as opposed to what uh, 1.89 on some uh, on a, on a seven or eight hundred thousand dollar house. Uh, I mean, people with two people working—they're—they're
1: yeah. uh, they're
5: maintaining it. Jim, uh, I, know. Jim, I
1: hear you. I, I lived the reality that you are also uh, that that you lived through. We must be around the same age, so I completely understand. And the the good thing that came out of the market crash in 1990-91 is that if you were buying up from your starter home, as you as you had in the beaches, and I had there down in Leslieville. Uh, you got a break on the next house, so that that was the the only good thing. As you as you were losing tens of thousands of dollars, there was a silver lining to it.
5: Well, how are we? You know, we can't make the world perfect for everybody. Sometimes you get caught. look. You, know, you might have known somebody back there, a friend or a relative that bought at the top of the market. They're not. They weren't speculators. They were just yep. people buying a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house, which was a lot of money, uh, and and then they got hit. They paid a 12 percent mortgage and the house price went down to one hundred eighty five. Now, you had uh, it wasn't near as bad as what happened in the crash, you know, in 2009 in the United States. Right. But, but the thing is, uh, you know, people had to uh, maintain. I don't know. How do you make it perfect? Yeah, I mean, Jim,
1: Jim, I got to let you go. But I've I enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Uh just a final word here before and we are going to switch gears here a little bit after the break and speak with NDP MPP Peter Tabbins about his uh private members bill to bring down rental uh increases on an annual basis. But just a final word from the mayor of Oakville, Rob Burton, uh, ahead of your meeting today with the Premier. Uh your final thoughts, sir?
3: Well, I guess I I uh I'll take a I'll take a note from Tom of Burlington and say uh, it sounds like some people would like the pig, the pig flipping to continue. And, uh, uh, and I also will say I, I'm not aware of any 1.89% mortgages in this market. I think it's 4 to 5% and higher, depending on where you're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good luck to us all. Uh, I think we have to pay attention to the offshore money and the vacant homes that it's producing, as well as the high prices that
0: they're causing.
1: Okay, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you.
0: Jane Brown.
1: Still to come this hour, our very own house doctor, Dr. Zach Levine, takes your calls about any medical questions or concerns you may have. He can also respond to your concerns about symptoms you may be worried about. That's later in this hour, Dr. Zach. First, though, while we wait to hear from the Wynn Liberals, their plans to bring down the cost of home affordability, NDP MPP Peter Tabins has already pitched his idea in the form of a private member's bill to bring down the cost of rent increases in properties newer than 1991 that right now are not affected by rent control legislation. Peter Tabbins is on the line with us. Peter, what is the status of your bill?
6: Well, I've introduced the bill into the legislature, but right now it's waiting for an opportunity to be debated. I think more pressing though, Jane, is the fact that the government's in a position to take this whole issue and move it forward very quickly. Uh, We had brought my bill forward last week for a rapid passage, and the liberal government was not interested. They had an opportunity in one day to actually put it in place, but they turned their backs on it. They actually could act right now and protect people who are in buildings that are exempt from rent control. People are facing very, very big rent increases.
1: Do you get the sense that your proposal is being implemented in their own legislation, and that's why perhaps they've ignored it so far?
6: Well, it's hard to tell from what they're saying, frankly. They, they're they very vague about what they're actually going to do. If they were serious, they could pass this now, and if they have further moves that they want to put in place, then they could put them in place. They, they don't have to wait for other measures in order for them to act on this one. There's not a problem here. They could just do it.
1: What are you hearing? I mean, obviously, you have the inside track at Queen's Park. Uh, wh- what are you expecting from the housing minister in in terms of legislation? What kind of measures are going to be put in place?
6: Well, If you listen to the housing minister, it's not clear what's going to be put in place. Something to do with housing is about as clear as it gets. They know that they have a huge political problem. They know that people are hurting. Uh, They know that people are at risk of losing their homes. They know they have to say something. But I've been around here long enough to know that there's a big difference between saying something and actually protecting people. So will we get something that has the word housing in a bill? Probably. Will it actually protect tenants? It remains to be seen. I I think an awful lot more pressure is going to have to be put on them to actually put in place the protection the tenants need.
1: Do you think that there will be dual measures to deal with the soaring house prices in addition to the soaring rent prices of buildings built uh, after 91?
6: Again, that's not clear. The government's making a lot of noise. Uh, Premier Wynne is making a lot of noise about this. But exactly what they're going to do is really murky. I have to tell you, I mean, I've been through this on different issues before. Mm -hmm. There's an awful lot of noise that gets put out in advance of very small and limited actions. So I think we're all going to have to wait and see what they bring out. Certainly, they need to act. People are being pressed to the limit. People uh, are losing their homes or, frankly, if they're they're young and want to get into the housing market, being locked out of it.
1: So, what's going to happen to the rental scenario, the rental industry in Toronto, should your proposal be part of what ultimately is legislated—that all buildings, regardless of when they are built, will have uh, rental caps every year?
6: Well, the, the main thing that will happen will be that tenants will have some level of protection. Now, I actually think they they need more than exists in the exist, existing act, but frankly a step forward would be good for an awful lot of people. Uh, what will happen with the larger market? I suspect that developers who want to make money will continue building because money's there to be made. The big difference is that if you think you're going to go into the market to make a killing, uh, to be able to raise your, your rents every year, depending on how strong the housing market is, no, you won't be as happy because there will be some protection from the people that are renting from you.
1: The rent control change um, that you want to change now was brought in back in 1997. So it's 20 years old under then Premier Mike Harris with the idea to encourage developers to build more rental housing by removing restrictions on the rent uh, that they could charge. Was that uh, initial legislation 20 years ago, did it have an expiry date at the time? Were people thinking that at some point this legislation would need to be revised?
6: No, there was no expiry date. And frankly, there was no process for assessing whether or not it actually delivered the goods. It hasn't. We have very, very low vacancy rates. There's very little being done in the way of building new rental housing. People are having a tough time. It's clear that the measure that was adopted by Mike Harris and, frankly, is being perpetuated by Kathleen Wynne hasn't actually improved the rental market for people.
1: The rent increase guideline uh, set by the Ontario government this year is a 1.5 percent increase. Again, this is for uh, rental units um, the end of October 91 and and before. But what kinds of increases? I mean, we are hearing some horror stories about 100 percent increases. But what are what are tenants dealing with? Many tenants uh, in, in buildings that were built after 91.
6: Well, we've heard 10. 20 30 and up to 40%, and, of course, along with a 100% increase. So people are seeing very substantial increases. I, I think some of these investors are looking out at the market, seeing big increases in the value of houses and saying, I should be able to get a piece of this action. I should be able to take this out of my tenant. And they don't find that they're restrained by any laws, and they just go ahead and take whatever they think they can
1: get we're speaking with NDP MPP Peter Tabbins i know we've primarily been speaking about issues around your private members bill uh, with the with the rent control but in terms of the big picture as well and and the real estate prices skyrocketing out of control more than 30% increases year over year in the GTA uh, HA What is the NDP? What is Andrea Horvath? What is she proposing to solve this problem that we've yet to see solved by the governing Liberals?
6: Well, she's very open to the idea of a a land speculation tax so that people who are just in the market to make money rather than acquire a home uh, have far less incentive to go forward. Uh, We're looking to see what's going to happen in the provincial budget. I'm hopeful that there will be measures there that will actually tame or damp down that speculative fever, which is making life really difficult for people.
1: Peter, we thank you for your time, and uh, we look forward to hearing a solution, regardless of which party comes up with it.
6: Absolutely. Thank, thank you, you very much.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. It is a hot topic. Uh, we'll get back to your calls here now. 416 360 740 866 Douglas in Oakville, thanks for hanging on and waiting. What would you like to add? Oh, hi,
2: Jane. Um, I'm a, I am own property. Yes. I have rental property, and I was born in Toronto, and my father bought and sold probably through the 50s, probably 500 houses. Now, when, when I hear these stories about people, and the government wants to get involved in the rent control, like he used to rent houses for $125 a month.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, the thing is, what I don't understand is, when you when you purchase property, it's a capital investment, and when you sell it, you pay capital gains. Exactly. So, now, these people are complaining about the rent control, but the thing is, I, as an entrepreneur, I buy a house for, like, I, I have houses in Niagara Falls. Now, when I buy a house and I sell it, like, see, my father went through this, but there was no capital gains, I think, up to nineteen seventy eight. Okay. Okay. So he never paid. So if he bought a. He was buying houses for four thousand
1: five hundred in Toronto. In the fifties. Yes. Yes. He
2: okay. was selling for ninety thousand, hundred thousand. $100,000. Right. And he put the money right in his pocket. He ended up with four million dollars. Anyway, so I'm upset about the uh, the government. Like 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 I say, as an entrepreneur. Why does uh, like Catherine Wynne is our prime uh, premier, premier? Yeah, but you cannot put down somebody who is an entrepreneur.
1: So, I, so what I, is it? What would you like to see happen, or what would you like to see remain well, like, the same? Why
2: the government, like, 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 they, I hear them talking about in Toronto because I I was born there, but I live there now. But the thing is, if the people in Toronto cannot afford a house there whether it's uh, their income, they can't apply at the bank, they have to go somewhere else. They have to go to uh, outside of Toronto, sure. they have to go to Hamilton, or they have to go somewhere else. But the thing is, it's, it's disgusting to see that these people are, are saying that the government should look after us. But the, <laughs> the government can't look after you because you don't have enough money to buy a house.
1: Okay. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I guess the fact that the rents and and real estate have gone up so much over what would be the normal rate of inflation, yeah. this is this is the idea behind having to legislate some caps or some restrictions so that people who are twenty five years old right now working their first jobs can think about home ownership, can actually have that as a viable part of their future.
2: Yeah, and that's like my son. He has to be able to get enough money for down payment. Yeah, and if you can't go to mom and dad's bank, you don't get money to, you know for your down payment. Douglas,
1: I hear you, and I thank you for your call. I want to take some more calls here before we wrap up this topic. Also, your emails are always welcome. Fightback at zoomer.ca. Tim Whittington uh, sent me a note here today. Tim from uh, to the southwest of Toronto in the Hamilton area uh he owns a building a newer building and he just he wants to make the point that not all landlords are making out like bandits and abusing the system He says listeners and politicians should be made aware that an annual rent cap of 1.5% on older buildings is not reasonable and doesn't allow landlords to do even routine maintenance on older buildings. Sorry, he's got an older building. I may have said that he had a newer building. His building was built before 1991. So he's saying that 1.5% increase... On rents from his tenants is not doing enough to help him keep his buildings maintained. So that's another point of view here on Fight Back. 416 360 0740 1866 740 One last call, Mavis, Mavis in Mississauga. Go ahead. Hi.
7: Uh, I think Jim said it uh, earlier. Uh, ordinary people like me, and I think most of us, we don't have the wherewithal to invest in stocks and bonds, so our, our home is 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 like our, our investment. The government hasn't been able to hold back twenty five percent increases in food, in uh, heating, uh, fuel. Uh, so they're, they're just doing that for to look after their the money people and float? Uh,
1: Yes, but but oh, okay. but that in fact is not entirely true because the premier just announced a 25 percent reduction by this summer in the cost of uh, electricity. <laughs>
7: yeah, <laughs> by the, for the summer, uh, so a little bit that 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 they're doing, and uh, with with the rent increases like for for newer buildings. Yes. Uh, the, the, the owners have to have, have some kind of increase so that, they, that they can maintain.
1: Right, but, but if, what's reasonable? Is, is 50% it, yes. reasonable? Probably no, not.
7: No, no. But, but if, uh, like in Toronto and larger cities, if they're trying to promote infill and building up, like, like condos, mm-hmm. uh, to get the most people to be able to live in the city, if, if that's what they're encouraging... Then they they should have something in place that people aren't going to be taken uh, hostage with with uh, huge 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 rent increases.
1: Made us, uh, uh, there is no doubt in my mind that uh, we will be having this conversation again, and we will find out later today in Bob Kompczyk's newscast about what is going to go on by that time, what went on with Kathleen Wynne, the premier and the mayors of the GTHA, that meeting to take place at four o'clock. And we're promised thereafter that there will be some sort of legislation or plan announced to make sure that... Uh, Real estate and rental fees do not continue going up out of control.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one.